This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access, Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. So satisfying because I, I really did not think that we were going to have a shot to win today. I had a lot of different emotions throughout you know, the middle part portions of that race, thinking that this is so depressing and sad and, and crazy that I'm going to you know lose my shot at the championship because of a you know alternator issue. To okay, now we got it fixed. Let's just try and get away uh, with a top 15 finish and keeping all the fenders on it. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. By Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get down into the nitty-gritty of the playoffs. Coming up, we're going to have a roundtable discussion. Alex Hayden and Dave Moody will join us as the playoffs are down to the round of eight. Harrison Burton is going to join us. He's obviously in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for now. He'll go cup racing with the Wood Brothers next year, but there's some unfinished business to tend to in the Xfinity Series playoff push that's coming up here as we work our way to Phoenix. We're also going to talk NASCAR Camping World Truck Series racing with Carson Hosevar. He'll stop by. Plus, we'll preview this weekend's racing action at the Texas Motor Speedway. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle, what do you have for us this week? Mike, NASCAR Cup Series teams are taking part in the second day of a two-day test of the next-gen car at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval today. Among yesterday's news items coming out of the test was the horsepower and spoiler rules for 2022. Cars will run a 670-horsepower package with a 4-inch rear spoiler at road courses and short tracks, while the 550-horsepower and 8-inch spoiler package will be used at intermediate tracks. 
the Super Speedway package has yet to be determined. And there are more of these next-gen tests scheduled before the car makes its debut at the LA Coliseum in February. Teams will test on the Charlotte Oval in November, at the Phoenix Raceway in December, and at Daytona in early January. January 11th and 12th, it's a speedway kind of back to the how we used to do it when we'd go down there for a couple days and run. I think they're looking to actually turn that into a bit of a pretty cool fan thing, you know, running into the lights on on the 11th. Um, you know, Chip Wow and, and Frank down there are working on that with us, so we hope that'll be a pretty cool event. In NASCAR Xfinity Series news, Jeb Burton confirmed that he will not be back at Colleague Racing in the number 10 car in 2022. Burton scored his first career victory at Talladega earlier this year, but was eliminated from the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs after this past weekend's race at the Charlotte Roval. Burton says he is exploring opportunities in both the Xfinity and Cup Series for next season. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Dave Moody and Alex Hayden will stop by for a fast forum as we draw ever closer to the championship four at Phoenix Raceway. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. After a crazy weekend at the Charlotte Roval, the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are down to eight drivers. I had a chance to sit down with Dave Moody and Alex Hayden earlier today to discuss what could be the most competitive round of eight we've ever seen. Here's Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. Larson with one final shot off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Larson rim riding the wall. He's going to look outside. Here they come racing back to the checkered flag. Kyle Larson there. Not enough. Denny Hamlin in the winless streak will end tonight at the Darlington Raceway. Kyle Larson in the fence down in turn number one. He gave it all he could, but Kyle Larson will come up short, and Denny Hamlin is going back to victory lane. Lots to talk about. Before we get to the obvious, let's talk a little playoffs and where we've been up until now. We're getting ready to start the round of eight. We had the round of 16 and the round of 12. Alex, I'll begin with you. What are your what are your general takeaways about what we've witnessed so far in the 2021 Cup Series playoffs? Well, you're right. The first two rounds, three races each, each one of the rounds starting was won by Denny Hamlin. The closing race in each one of these first two rounds won by Kyle Larson. In between, throw in Truex, throw in Bubba Wallace, which is obviously not a playoff driver. But what kind of jumps out to me is you've got Toyota, Toyota, Chevy winning round one. Toyota, Toyota, Chevy winning round number two. Fords, while they're they're having some success, and obviously they've got Keselowski, Blaney, and obviously Logano advancing along in the playoffs, they're still there, but we haven't really seen anything out of Ford as far as getting to victory lane yet. And, and kind of the, the pattern we're on with Hamlin winning the first race of each round and Larson winning the last race of each round. We know when it comes to Phoenix, should those two drivers be in the championship four, is it considered the first race, Advantage Hamlin, or is it considered the last race, Advantage Larson? Dave? 
I would agree with that. I, I'm not really sure how to feel about Ford right now. They've, uh, you know, Team Penske is the only organization that's got every car still on its feet at this point in the playoffs. But at the same time, I think we've reached the point in the proceedings where consistency and finishing somewhere between fifth, fifth and twelfth three weeks in a row gets you on to the next round. I think those days are gone now. And if you don't have the ability to run in the top three and win a race every three or four weeks, you're going to have a severe handicap when it comes to trying to get your way to Phoenix. The next three races, it's going to take running up front constantly, and boy, a win sure would help. And moving on to round number two, off four and win number four on the season. Truex across the line, checkered flag flies, and Martin Truex has picked up the win in the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond Raceway. Well, the interesting thing for me is when, when we were going through the season, it's always interesting to see the ups and downs. You'll see uh, a team hit on something, and then they'll fade a little bit. Then the next team or organization will will pick up that mantle and move on. Hendrick Motorsports was that team that basically ruled the summer with Kyle Larson and, and company rattling off wins and top fives and top tens. And then all of a sudden, these playoffs began, and everybody was in the mindset of, well, Hendrick Motorsports is going to continue steamrolling right their way into the postseason. But then, Alex, you've got the Toyota bunch that disrupts that. And that, to your point, won the first two races of each of the opening rounds and in, in, even in the second round of, of the of the playoffs. That took some people by surprise. Did it take you by surprise? You know, I don't think so. We know Toyota's good. And obviously, Joe Gibbs Racing uh, carries the Toyota flagship banner, if you will. They're not a slouch race team. We all know that. We know Denny Hamlin has run extremely well throughout the regular season to not get into victory lane through the regular season. But we also know when it comes time for the playoffs and when the championship's on the line, it's time to compete for that championship, you better be bringing your best stuff to the racetrack. And, and as a race team, you have to peak at the right time. Clearly, the 11 team, Denny Hamlin driving and Gabe Hart at crew chief, this team is now beginning to hit their stride. They're beginning to hit that peak. And with Kyle Larson, sure, he's won two races here in the playoffs as well, but this is a long season. And to have that type of excellence every single week, no matter what type of racetrack it is, I think it just continues to show Kyle Larson, he's a man on a mission, not just in the NASCAR season, but in the calendar year 2021. And that being said, I think Cliff Daniels, is getting a little bit overshadowed right now because of Kyle Larson being as talented as he is and all the headlines that he grabs as the driver. Cliff Daniels, the crew chief and the leader of that five bunch, he is one, I think, in my opinion, that is a bright star on the mechanical side of the future for not just Hendrick Motorsports, but I think for NASCAR in general. The kid can think, he understands strategy. He was a late model driver in his own right, so he understands the driving aspect of his as well. But for, for Cliff Daniels, Kyle Larson, and obviously Chris Gabehart, Denny Hamlin, and that group, those are the teams right now that I think are peaking when it matters the most. Dave, I think we all realized something after the Roval that perhaps maybe was known inside the walls of Hendrick Motorsports, and that's Cliff Daniels is cool under fire. When they had their alternator belt issues, it would have been easy to freak out and, and, and lose your mind, but just hearing his in-car communication with that team, very calm, very reserved and very on point with what needed to be done. And he never showed any type of emotion. Get the job done. We're doing good. And then we march on. And then they, they ultimately marched on to a win on Sunday. 
He, uh, in my opinion, he put on a master class this past weekend and sent a very clear message that he is one of the elite crew chiefs in the NASCAR Cup Series today. And you're right. As, as everybody was coming unglued around him, all, you know, radio and TV broadcasters, and rightly so, were in, oh my God, Kyle Larson's going to get bounced out of the playoffs mode. The fans were losing their minds, calling for a complete revamp of a playoff system that allows a driver as consistent and as outstanding as Kyle Larson to be bumped out in the round of 12. And he just kept his cool. And, and he was a a cool, calm, and collected man with his hand on the rudder. He steered through all the, tor uh, the tornadoes and the rough water <laughs> and got his team to do exactly what they needed to do, exactly when they needed to do it. Got him back out on the track saying, okay, guys, now all we need to do is get a top 12 to 15 finish and we're going to be fine. And as the afternoon got went along, top 12 or 15 obviously went by the wayside and they were in it for a whole lot more than that. I did not have Kyle Larson winning at the Roval on Sunday just based on that mid-race adversity, but Kyle Larson, I think, also sent a statement as well. He drove from the back of the pack all the way to the front and then used some, some pitch strategy and also some on-track things that happened to his advantage. Yeah, we talk about Kyle Larson or uh, Cliff Daniels, Alex, being cool under fire. Kyle Larson isn't too bad either. Well, guys, Kyle Larson, I think, is, is a driver that's responding under incredible amount of pressure, not just as a race car driver performing on the racetrack for arguably one of the most decorated race teams, but I think also the spotlight that, that's being shined on him given what he's been doing and what he's been through off the racetrack. So he's, he's performed unbelievably well, week in, week out. And, and to come out and win on what's proven to be one of the most difficult racetracks for any driver to get around in the Charlotte Roval, that was a drive that was just phenomenal to me. We're seeing, I think, Kyle Larson as a race car driver have a season that's akin to a Mario Andretti in his heyday, to an A.J. Foyt, even a Tony Stewart for that matter, in their heydays where he can jump behind the wheel of any kind of race car and perform at an extremely high level, not just get good results, but win races. Um, it's phenomenal what Larson's been able to overcome in basically the span of a year and a half. We will continue this discussion and make our championship four picks next. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's time to continue my discussion with Alex Hayden and Dave Moody and make some championship four predictions. Three interesting racetracks, Texas, Kansas, and Martinsville for a round of eight that includes Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and Brad Keselowski. Interesting set of tracks coming up, Dave. I feel that we may be on the verge of Ford and Team Penske coming to life in this next round. What do you think? Well, they better. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, and I, think, I think, honestly, 
Ford missed a great opportunity at Talladega. It was Daytona and Talladega, to my view this year, have been the only tracks on the circuit where the Blue Oval has really had a leg up on the competition, where they came in saying, we have a performance advantage. I don't necessarily see that the rest of the way for them. I, I see them as, as trying to play catch up with the Toyota and Chevrolet camp right now. So it, it's, it's a great time for Ford Motor Company to step up. It's a great time for Team Penske to start winning some races. Whether they have the ability to do that or not, I'm not 100% convinced. It, it seems like they've kind of made their way through, and I touched on this earlier. They've made their way through up until now by not making mistakes. Brad Keselowski and his team are the only team that got through uh, the, the races so far in the playoffs without a major malfunction on, on the track or on pit road. They've gotten away with consistency so far, but I don't know that consistency will get you into the championship four. I think this is also an interesting round with the racetracks, with Texas, Kansas, and Martinsville, given that two of those tracks are mile-and-a-half racetracks. And we know we know Team Penske's good. We know that they can bring good handling race cars to the track. But with two of these three tracks being mile-and-a-halves, throw the rule package out the window. I like Doug Yates. I like Roush Yates' horsepower. And when you have two of these three tracks, given the fact that there's high speed involved, I think this is a round that could shape up well for not only Ford, but for, for Team Penske because of the Roush Yates' horsepower. So if they're going to get it done and get a, a blue oval into the championship four, I think it's going to have to come in one of these first two races of this particular round. Martinsville, we know Keselowski can get around the place. We know Blaney, we know Logano. They can get around Martinsville Speedway, but there's so many factors that goes into that race. If you just bounce off of somebody and cut down a tire under green, you're going to lose a couple of laps. There's so many variables at Martinsville that I, I think are quite a conundrum there. For me, for Ford Motor Company and to get a car to the championship four, it's got to happen at Texas or Kansas. Well, I think what's interesting is at Texas, we're not having PJ1. We're going to have the rosin or the resin, as it's called. Kansas is a playoff disruptor by reputation from years and years and years and years of experience. And then Martinsville is Martinsville. You know what you're going to get. You got the bull ring there. You got the paper clip. It depends on what everyone's mood is. We could see things perhaps maybe take an interesting turn there. We've got a great round coming up. The Performance Racing Network will have the call of Texas. And from Kansas to Martinsville to Phoenix, Motor Racing Network will take you all the way to when the champion is crowned at Phoenix Raceway. Let's get some predictions here. Let's get your predictions for the championship four. Dave, I'll begin with you. Which four drivers do you have racing for the title out there in the Valley of the Sun? Well, unless you've been living under a bridge for the last, you know, 30 weeks or so you can't keep Kyle Larson out of the championship four. I never understood all the hair pulling and, and, and you know, hand wringing over Denny Hamlin. Uh, he, he found every, every way there was possible to, to get robbed of race wins over the course of the season. He's back to being the Denny Hamlin that, that we expect him to have. You know, I, I keep thinking that Kyle Larson is, or I'm sorry, Kyle Busch is going to find a way. He always does to be in that championship picture. And then I've really got a toss up on my hands because I like the looks of Ryan Blaney right now, but it's hard to ignore Martin Truex Jr. because we're coming into some tracks where he does very, very well. And Mike, you're exactly right. We talk about, you know, the, the big disruptors where we expect the carnage and pandelirium. 
Why we don't have Kansas on that list at the start of every season is a mystery to me because every year we go there and the unpredictable and the unthinkable happened and we walk away surprised and say, holy cow, never saw that coming. Well, we should see it coming because it generally does just about every year. It's interesting that you're giving Martin Truex Jr. some consideration. Alex, before we get to your championship four, I'm asking the question, where is MTJ? Normally, that bunch is on the upswing, but they're coming off a horrible trip to the Roval this past weekend, something I did not see in the uh, in the picture there. Yeah, I didn't either. And I'm not concerned, though, about Martin Trex Jr. and the 19 team. I think they're good enough to be championship four material. they got to have some luck on their side here in this upcoming round. All of the teams do. But uh, I'm not concerned. No, they didn't perform well at the Roval but they've performed pretty doggone well so far in the playoffs to this point. So who's in your championship for? I like Kyle Larson, uh, and I got to be cautious with this. As good a season as Larson has put together, we said the exact same thing at this point last year about Kevin Harvick, and he did not make the championship for, and that had everybody kind of scratching their head. So I, I say Kyle Larson, but history just last year shows us that the, the odds on favorite may not necessarily make it. But I like Larson. I like Denny Hamlin. I think this is an opportunity for Hamlin to get to the championship for, I'm not going to say under the radar, but not being one of the headline grabbers because of Kyle Larson and because of some other things going on with, with some of the other drivers on the racetrack. So this could be the year Denny Hamlin finally can get rid of that, that question that gets asked to him about being one of the greatest NASCAR drivers to never win a championship. I like Denny Hamlin in the championship four. The other two, I, I honestly believe Chase Elliott's going to be a championship four driver. And, and I think I wouldn't have believed that until the last couple of weeks. And what's made me change my mind a little bit about this is Chase Elliott, our sport's most popular driver. We know that. A great race team, reigning series champion. I think he's got a little extra fire under his belly because of the on-track rivalry that he's had with Harvick going head-to-head -head with a series champion like Harvick and not backing down from him and having the fans rise up as one behind Elliott. I, I think Chase Elliott feels like he's got a little something extra to prove that he's not just a kid that's getting pushed around out there. So I like Chase Elliott going to the championship for that last one to me is a complete coin flip. I think any one of those teams in there could be the be that other fourth uh, team in the championship four because they're all deserving. They're at this point in the season for a very good reason. So that fourth one, to me, throw a coin in the air and, and, and let it fall where it may on whatever team's left. See, I've got Kyle Larson. Uh, I've got Denny Hamlin. My concern with Hamlin is the concern I've had every time he gets to Phoenix. Can you close the deal? He's not a deal closer as far as a championship is concerned. Perhaps maybe it's going to be different this time through. I've got Kyle Busch going to pull himself up by the bootstraps. The 18's going, don't sleep on Ryan Blaney. That, I believe, he has led the Penske contingent for the greater part of three quarters of the season that's that's been run so far. Something tells me that Blaney is like a snake laying in the weeds. He is, he's there. And he's ready to strike. The question is, can he strike in the last four races and maybe earn himself a championship and a final race win and a championship for Todd Gordon before he goes into retirement? As much as we talked about Cliff Daniels a while ago with Kyle Larson, I think you hit it right on the head. I think Todd Gordon is that X factor right now with Ryan Blaney. I think Todd Gordon may be that X factor in the playoffs. 
He's a championship winning crew chief already. He did it with Joey Logano. You mentioned, Mike, that this is his last season. He's going to hang it up, as it were, at the end of the year and go into retirement. Todd Gorn's a smart guy, and he knows how to win races from the pit box. If we had a championship five going to Phoenix, I think all three of us would have Ryan Blaney in it. Unfortunately, there's, as Shakespeare said, alas, there's the rub. There are not five, only four. And those are the thoughts of Dave Moody, Mr. Mount Rushmore plus one over here. Look, we're all out of seats. We only got four. <laughs> hey, in the words of Chase Elliott, have a have a merry Texas weekend and a happy off weekend, <laughs> gentlemen. We'll catch up with you in Kansas next weekend. See you guys. See ya. Thank you again, gentlemen. Coming up, we'll hear from Joe Gibbs Racing's Harrison Burton and later Carson Hosevar of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will join us. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Harrison Burton is one of the final eight drivers competing for an Xfinity Series championship. And this weekend, he returns to the site of his last victory, Texas Motor Speedway. He joined our Woody Kane to discuss what it will take to advance to the championship for his future in the Cup Series and a lot more. Harrison Burton joins us now. He drives the number 20 Dex Toyota Camrys for Joe Gibbs Racing, and he has advanced to the next round of the playoffs, semifinal round, if you will, Harrison. And I guess the main thing to take away from last weekend is mission accomplished, right? That's it. You know, we're on to the next round, um, and that's all you can ask for is just to keep your season alive. We've had an up-and-down season. It's no secret. Uh, we've had the speed to win races, and gosh, haven't capitalized on it yet this year, but um, this is going to be an awesome round for us. I have a great feeling about it. Uh, we've kind of had this round of the playoffs circled ever since last year when we went and won two of the three, and we were eliminated from the playoffs at that time, so that was bittersweet. Now, hopefully, it'll just be the sweet, not the bittersweet, and we can, uh, we, can, we can go to Phoenix with a chance for a championship. It gives you some ammunition for sure. So let's start off then with Texas Motor Speedway. You won there last year. This year, it was a little bit of a different go round for you, but you certainly know your way around that track and know your way to victory lane. Texas is going to be a track where they're talking about a different substance to spray in the turns. What do you think about that track and the sticky substance? I love racing at Texas. It's it's. You know, one of the most challenging racetracks we go to because it's always changing. The weather's changing. What they put on the track surface, like you were just kind of alluding to, is changing. And, um, you know, this go around, we're going to have the resin down instead of the PJ1. So, how do we prepare for that? You know, it's really, it's really hard. We're going to be the first series to kind of jump on that and figure it out. Um, I don't know. You better have a versatile car that, that can run anywhere, right? And so, as a team, that's a big challenge. I was just talking to my crew chief, Jason Ratcliffe, about that. What do I need to do as a driver to be prepared for that? What does he need to do as a crew chief to be prepared for that? Um, and there's no answer, right? There's no one answer on what we need to do. It's just uh, try and cover all the bases we can and, and go about our process the right way. And uh, hopefully it'll turn out really great. I think, it, I think it really possibly could. Let's back up a little bit. Last weekend at Charlotte was your birthday, so I'm wondering, after you spent most of the day at the racetrack, did you go and eat too much cake and stay up all night from a sugar high, or how'd you celebrate your birthday? Yeah, it was my 21st birthday, so my 21st birthday was probably different than a lot of people's. I was racing race cars on mine and, and not really worried about trying to go to the bar or anything like that, so um, I got together with a couple of my friends and we hung out, and that's about it. I didn't do much of anything that exhilarating or crazy i'm not i'm just a low-key kind of guy so i don't really ever get into <laughs> too much stuff like that especially 
after a race. Well, for an old guy like me, it sounds like a really cool birthday. I mean, I, I would have enjoyed that for sure. Let's talk a little bit about next year. You mentioned uh, mentioned trying to get ready and get through these playoffs, but 2022 is looming and you will be driving for the Wood Brothers in the next gen Ford. And there's a lot of testing going on out at Charlotte this week. You weren't able to participate in that, but I'm curious, are you gonna be able to get in that car? Uh, I know there's another test coming up at Charlotte next month, for example. Yeah, there's some tests that I'll be able to get in and, and kind of get acclimated with the car, which is a, a really big deal. Um, I'm really excited to get my hands on that project. That's going to be, I don't know, that's that's exciting. It's a fresh start for the sport. It's a fresh start for me as a driver. Obviously, it's going to be the biggest challenge of my life. And, you know, I, I stand by that. The jump to the Cup Series, it doesn't matter how well you've done in Xfinity, how well you've done in trucks. It doesn't matter. There's going to be times where you're going to question if you can do it or not. There's going to be times where you feel like you're the man and, and there's going to be a lot of in between that. So uh, the off season is going to be really important for me to kind of get acclimated to my new team. I've been um, really lucky to race with Toyota for a long, long time and, and have become family with everyone there. Uh, now I'm going to a new family at, at Ford and I'm so excited for that as well. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of work in the off season. I don't have any vacations really planned or anything like that, um, which is which is fine by me. I love the sport and I'm I'm happy to stay as involved as I can in it. And um, yeah, I think you know all the drivers expect to be a little bit more busy in the off season this year, trying to dial everything in. That's for sure. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, Carson Hosevar will join us, and later we'll preview this weekend's race at Texas Motor Speedway. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. We're so glad that you joined us on our weekly get-together. You know, one of the surprises of this year's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is Nice Motorsports rookie Carson Hosevar. Carson's come from close to getting his first victory, but he's likely going to need to get it at Martinsville to advance to the championship four. Our Steve Post sat down with Carson to reflect on the 2021 season and a look ahead to the next to last race of the season at Martinsville. NASCAR Live continues on and joining us, one of the drivers that is in the round of eight for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoff battle. Carson Hosevar is on the line. Hello, Carson. Welcome into uh, NASCAR Live. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And, yeah, always great to catch up with you and uh, got a lot of ground to cover with you. First and foremost, though, this schedule we have for this round of eight, you, you went to Vegas, went to, went to Talladega, did that two weeks back to back, and then we got this three weeks of down period between this and Martinsville. What's what's that been like for you and your team and your guys? Uh, I mean, it's it's a good catch up, right? Because they've, uh, you know, it's been a lot of weeks back to back, but I hate it personally, and I think we all hate it because, uh, you know, you, you have three weeks to overthink everything, you know, three weeks to change your truck you know, every way from which way, upside down, sideways, and whatever have you. So I know Phil and the guys are super stressed right now because, you know, I think we've done four days of sim even, you know, I'm like, man, like this is Martinsville. Like I've never done this much sim and we're doing it at Martinsville of all things. Like, unless you can simulate my front rear tires being off the ground, it ain't realistic. So, uh, but no, I'm, I like the weeks off because it's letting us catch up, right? But, uh, you know, I hate it at the same time just because, you know, you're overthinking it. And, you know, I just, 
right after Talladega, I wanted to race the next day in my head. I'm sure. I am sure. You mentioned Phil. Phil Gould is your crew chief. He came over and started uh, in May at Darlington. Um, what has that meant for you to have a veteran crew chief and, and leadership? What has what that been that's helped you guys work through the uh, through, through that portion of the season from that point forward? This is big. I mean, you look at the results. Um, you know, I think Phil's been a huge asset to, to my success uh, this year or, or this whole team's success. You know, 2019, him and Ross Chastain kind of set the world on fire and, and really putting East Motorsports into the spotlight. And, um, you know, my struggles at the beginning of the year have kind of gone, gotten washed away just working with Phil. So it's been huge and, and to kind of go into that you know, not top dog level, but, uh, you know, just a, a leader in this team, you know, be set up with Phil, you know, he's, you know, been there for years and, you know, he's the top dog at Nice Motorsports for the crew chief side and uh, to be the top dog driver for him, um, you know, is huge for us and, and we get along really well, we work together really well and, um, you know, that working relationship is, is huge and just to mesh right away, not even you know, get the off season to talk about things. You know, we got it kind of changed within a week and a half, and you know, it, it's it, we've kind of taken it running. Is there almost like, and, and I know you're young and you're kind of new to this, although you've been around racing for a long time. You mentioned baptism under fire, if you will. You guys started right in midseason. Is it is it almost like sort of like you talked about with a few weeks off? You didn't have a chance. You and Phil to overthink this thing. You just needed to to get acquainted and get going and get racing pretty promptly. Yeah, I mean, the change was already done, or we made the change really while the thing was on the pull-down rig. Like, as on the pull-down rig, I got pulled aside into a meeting, me and Phil, and uh, Cody Eiffel was currently crew chief in and was general manager, pulled us both into the room and said, hey, like, I don't want to do this. This isn't making sense. Uh, you know, you're going to crew chief him. And Cody set up the Darlington truck. Like, it was already set up and done. Like, Phil barely did anything on it. Um, but you know, he'll take the credit for it. I guarantee it, but you know, just that, you know, as they will, but, uh, but no, I mean, it makes it a lot easier that all our trucks, you know, are set up really similar. Like, you know, normally in an organization, you know, there's, there's three teams, um, or four teams or whatever, you know, they're off in their own land and, you know, they kind of take a little and, and rebuild the world or rebuild, uh, you know, try and reinvent the circle more sense. And, uh, you know, Nice Motorsports, we all come to the racetrack you know, minuscule close to each other. So that's, um, you know, kind of making that transition a lot easier. Pretty neat. Bill Gould with Cody's setup and a third place finishing college. And that is, I, I'd be taking credit too for that, you know. Maybe oh, yeah. the driver had something to do with that though. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But uh, you, gotta have, you gotta have a horse to ride is what I always say. Yeah, for sure. How have you evolved, Carson, as you come into this thing, rookie season, uh, first full opportunity. You had some races last year with Nice Motorsports. How have you kind of evolved as a, as a race car driver, your intensity level, your fun factor? How have you evolved over the course of this season? Uh, a lot. Uh, I think more sense that just come out of my shell and, and just be confident in what I'm doing. You know, at this, this level, you know, I didn't have any superstar runs and start of the year. We struggled on the mile and a half, so I was like, man, like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. You know, that type, it all runs through your mind as a race car driver. And, um, you know, I was always like, oh, you know, I'm not running good. I gotta 
you know, put the phone in, in, a, in a locked box. I got to, you know, look at data right before the race and, and overthink everything and think of every scenario where now I just, I show up to the racetrack, you know, I do my, I do my midweek pre-event stuff and I don't look at it again, really. Um, you know, I'll glance at it, but I want to, I almost go to the sense that if I'm not having fun at the racetrack and being distracted, that I'll overthink it and I'll struggle more. So that's where that kind of fun attitude and just joking around nonstop, you know, has kind of come into effect and, and, and everybody's enjoying themselves more at the racetrack. If you guys are enjoying themselves, I'm enjoying myself. Um, and, and being confident in behind the wheel has helped a lot too. Um, you know, working with Ross Chastain has been huge and I've adapted a lot of his techniques where in a late model, I want to be as smooth as possible and have lateral grip where in a truck, you got to be super, you know, touchy on the wheel, super aggressive with it. You know, you can, you could have that air map, uh, arrow grip and, uh, you know, have it really yawed and it's, you know, I've kind of adapted that throughout the year. So uh, we have Martinsville coming up in a, in, a, in a week or two. What is what does that mean for you then there? Are you on a must win? In my, in my head, I'm in a must win, right? I, I'm 37 points out, and I got, I, I'm seventh out of eight. So I, I'm in a must win. I don't want to have a goose egg in the win column for Nice Motorsports two years in a row, as, as well as myself. You know, you got to get that first win, and I feel like we're close, or, you know, Knoxville, or, or Darlington, or whatever have you, you know, I feel like we've gotten close so many times that if we don't uh, break through, it uh, really put a, you know, disappointment in ourselves. And, I, and we built a brand new truck specifically for Phoenix, and it looks really, really good on our numbers and everything. So they reminded me, hey, we did all this heavy lifting, bud. You better better win because, uh, you know, if you win Phoenix, it's your head, you know. You know so we think we, we're, we're going to have a really good shot at Phoenix, so we want to have... Uh, you know, you know, we want to be racing for something. There we go. Carson Hosebuck joining us here on NASCAR Live. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's race at Texas. And later, we've got This Week in NASCAR History. Wheeland would like to congratulate Kyle Larson and his number five Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They are the Wheeland pit crew of the week. Following the victory, Larson talked about how gratifying the checkers were after a roller coaster of emotions throughout the race. Yeah, it's uh, so satisfying because I, I really did not think that we were going to have a shot to win today. Um, you know, I had a lot of different emotions throughout you know, the middle part, portions of that race, um, thinking that this is so depressing and sad and, and crazy that I'm going to you know, lose my shot at a championship because of a you know alternator issue just wild range of emotions um all race long and just uh crazy that i'm sitting here talking to you wheeling engineering a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952 now back to your host mike bagley welcome back to nascar live nascar is heading off to the lone star state this weekend as the nascar cup series and nascar xfinity series begin their round of eight let's take a look at what the drivers are focused on heading into this weekend's race that could lock them in to the championship four. The NASCAR Cup Series playoff round of eight gets underway this weekend as the Premier Series returns to Texas Motor Speedway. It was a roller coaster of emotions for Kyle Larson on Sunday as he went from potentially championship dream-crushing alternator and battery issues to winning his second playoff race and securing his spot into the round of eight. Larson is relieved to be through to the next round 
and is feeling confident heading into Sunday's race and the next three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm through and I'm glad I somehow got five more points to take into the next round for sure. Because, uh, I mean, I, I think you look at probably where, um, you know, had I been in the same, you know, you eliminate eight cars or what, or four cars out of this round. You know, I'm, I'm much closer to the cut line going into, you know, Martinsville. If, if you know, I have an average first race, a bad second race, then we're in like a, a extra stressful situation going into Martinsville. So... Hopefully Texas goes smooth. Um, hopefully Kansas goes smooth, and and we can be a little bit more stress-free. Or I guess I can't imagine I'll be much more the, ahead of the cut line than I probably was going into today, just with you know everybody having more points. But yeah, you still you gotta you gotta be really good. You gotta do a good job every lap of every race. You gotta get stage points. You, you just can't you can't let your guard down and, and lose your know, ground on guys that are gaining points on you so yeah it's, it's nice to have the bonus points that we have but i'm uh i'm hoping we don't have to lean on them like we did at uh today or going in today last time at texas for the all-star race larson was in the midst of a dominant performance one of the stories of that night was the pj1 on the track surface something larson is hoping will be changed moving forward yeah maybe it's time to either not put it down or or potentially move it up the racetrack and and i would kind of agree with that now after running it gets so grippy and we know that it's got so much grip i think you know it's it's almost too low and too fast um and one and two um three and four i i, I don't know if we'll be able to move up much more than than where we were at already but um i think for sure i would like to see coming back in the fall I don't really know what the weather would be like. You know, if it's colder, then yeah, for sure. I think we need to probably move it up some. But um, yeah, it was it was a ton of grip up there for sure. Chase Elliott is also safely through to the round of eight as he takes another step closer to repeating as the Cup Series champion. Elliott is hoping to overcome the struggles that he's had at the Great American Speedway. Man, Texas has been been a struggle. And unfortunately, the All-Star race was really good for us. I, I felt like we were kind of right there in the mix of, um, of of anybody as far as, you know, the ability to win the race. So I was really, really excited about that. Um, I was also excited about how we, we ran at Daytona and, and was excited for Talladega. Didn't necessarily go and do all the things I wanted there, but um, <clears throat> so I guess you don't always get what you want, really, is kind of the bottom line. But uh, Texas, at the all-star event was good for us, and I think we have a good base uh, baseline to go back and and, um, you know, with hopes of, of performing the same way. So I hope that backs up and we can go have that type of performance again. And if so, I think we can we can be really solid. Although his championship dreams were dashed on Sunday at the Charlotte Roval, William Byron looks to move forward at the track where he performed well at during June's All-Star Race. Yeah, the All-Star Race was really good for us. I felt like our speed was really, really good. And um, we, you know, acquired the most points over the over the stages to start on the pole for the final um, couple stints, but yeah, that was um, that was pretty fun. I I think that um, I think we can carry the same speed back there and um, and kind of show a similar uh, result, I guess. So we'll see what happens, but definitely excited for that one. The Performance Racing Network will once again have full coverage of the race action on Sunday, but the Motor Racing Network will return next week at Kansas to take you all away to the season finale at Phoenix 
where we'll crown our 2021 champion. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, it's that time of the week once again. It's time for this week in NASCAR history with Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. 1989, Janet Jackson tops the charts for the second time in her career as Miss You Much goes straight to number one. Evangelist Billy Graham becomes the first clergy immortalized with a star on Hollywood Boulevard after decades of spreading the gospel on radio and television. Kirstie Alley and John Travolta finally hook up with a little help from Mikey in the romantic comedy Look Who's Talking. And Jeffrey Bodine led the one that counted, muscling past arch-rival Dale Earnhardt on the final lap to win the Holly Farms 400 at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Bobby Hillen may be the spoiler in this. They make contact again. Rudd is there. White flag. They go door to door off into turn number one. But the lap car, Bobby Hillen, they get together in the middle of the corner. They spin. They go into the outside wall. Earnhardt hits the wall. Rudd hits the wall. And scooting through is Jeff Bodine. And he is going to win the Holly Farms 400 here this afternoon. Two thousand. Christina Aguilera's debut album is strong out of the gate with Come On Over Baby bopping to the top of the charts. Seinfeld co-creator Larry David mashes up real life with a bit of fiction as Curb Your Enthusiasm debuts on HBO. Demi Moore and Bruce Willis shock fans as they announce a split after 13 years of marriage. And Dale Earnhardt plied a crafty comeback to nab the final victory of his career in the Winston 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. Earnhardt leads the way. Now it is Kenny Wallace who moves up to the second position on the final lap of the Winston 500. Joe Nemechek pulls up into the third position. It is a three-car breakaway. Last trip down the back stretch. Decision time at Talladega as Dale Earnhardt tries to do it again. But here comes Kenny Wallace looking to the outside lane. Earnhardt blocks him going into three. Three-car race for the win. Kenny Wallace looking for that breakthrough victory. Earnhardt trying to block him high and low. Nobody jumping out of line. Here come the leaders off the corner. It's going to be a three-way battle for the win. They'll come by the Ted Musgrave car with Earnhardt leading. Here they come into the tri-oval. Kenny Wallace, one final shot at Dale Earnhardt. Behind him, the whole pack steaming for the finish line. Dale Earnhardt wins it. Earnhardt wins the Winston 500 as there's trouble after the finish. In 2009, Jay Sean and Lil Wayne partnered up for the British singer's third studio album, crooning out the number one hit, Down. Tom Brady was hot in blizzard conditions, setting an all-time NFL record by launching five touchdown passes in the second quarter against the Tennessee Titans. And El Cajon native Jimmy Johnson was the pass master in Southern Cal, driving the low Chevy to the win in the Pepsi 500 at Auto Club Speedway. 
Picture-perfect afternoon for Jimmy Johnson. Final time up the back straightaway. The Lowe's Chevrolet has 15 car lengths in hand on the race for second. That includes Jeff Gordon, Juan Pablo Montoya, and Mark Martin. But it is all Jimmy Johnson off turn four for the final time. They continue to battle for the number two position, but it's too late. Jimmy Johnson comes off of turn number four. He is the first four-time winner at the Auto Club Speedway. Jimmy Johnson wins the Pepsi 500. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. That's going to put a wrap on things for this week's show. Before we go, we'd like to thank Harrison Burton for joining us. Also, Carson Hosevar, Dave Moody, and Alex Hayden. I'm Mike Bagley, and for the rest of the MRN crew, we'd like to thank you for tuning in as well. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrion and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.